Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Cinema Hangover, where three completely unqualified individuals drink and talk about movies. My name is Taylor. My name's Shannon. And I'm Oliver. All right, what are we drinking today, Shannon? We are drinking Bud Light Seltzer. However, it is a cocktail hour one. I think it's new. Me and Taylor are both drinking a tropical punch one, and Oliver is drinking... I got a strawberry daiquiri Bud Light Seltzer. And I, I gotta say... A Bud Light Seltzer cocktail hour has to be just the weirdest combination, second to this movie that we're about to talk about, mm-hmm. which is The Lighthouse, made in 2019 by Robert Eagers, and it's starring Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe as two, two 19th century wikis um, that are basically on an island taking care of a lighthouse, and over the coming days, question mark, weeks, yep. question mark, months, question mark. It's a big old question mark throughout this yeah. movie. <laughs> uh, they gradually lose their grip on their sanity. and Gradually? Lose... Okay, maybe quickly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they right. lose their grip on their sanity, and this movie is fucking wild. It's, yeah. it's, it's crazy. And I think before we even dive into that, um, it's black and white. Mm-hmm. It's in a tiny aspect ratio. It's, is it shot on like a film camera? It is shot on film. It's shot with natural lighting. It's mm. shot. I, if I remember reading correctly, they shot on like old lenses Ooh. from that like time period too to give it like that that look. It is. It's 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 a crazy looking movie. Yeah, it's uh, a beautifully shot it's movie. It's gorgeous. I'll give it that. Yeah, it's. That's about it. Get, oh, <laughs> shit, okay. okay. Um, it, it's it's a yeah it's a crazy movie. Uh, and, and Robert Pattinson, who plays um, Ephraim Winslow, mm-hmm. dash Thomas, Thomas Howard, Howard mm-hmm. uh, and Willem Dafoe, who plays Thomas Wake, crazy performances. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Su- super good. Outside of that, honestly, one of the things that makes this film fascinating is there's various themes that, in second viewing, I recognize, and I'm curious if you guys recognize them too, because this film... How many, how many times have you seen the movie? Only twice. Okay. And <clears throat> by watching it in the second viewing, I've started to identify certain through lines and elements that, from the character interactions and just some of the internal struggles that each of the characters were going through, I'm wondering if that's what the film was trying to go for. So I'm wondering if you caught any of the themes. Yeah, that and, I, and saw too. I think normally we would, or I would, we would like to break down the movie kind of step by step. Mm-hmm. But this movie, it's much more of like a character study yeah. than it is anything else in that there's not a whole lot of key plot moments, I think, that would make breaking it down interesting. Right. So I think right out the gate, spoiler alert, I think we just have to kind of dive into this. Pretty much. Because I things, agree. like Shannon mentioned earlier, things do happen pretty quickly. Yeah. I mean, it it's, very quickly begins to, to circle the drain. I don't um, even think I really noticed that the first time around. Maybe I did, but... We, me and Oliver watched it a second time, and I looked at them and I was like, they start losing their shit quick. Pretty much. But I think that that's... And I don't know if it's like they were there for... That's the big question mark, is you you don't don't know. You don't know the time frame. Both, I think something that's super interesting about this movie is that both of our characters are, are unreliable protagonists or they are both unreliable narrators both mm. of them actively lie there's you're kind of at in the perspective of robert pattinson's character mm-hmm. um because you see his dream sequences and stuff and you're kind of in his shoes right but then you find out that he's kind of actively 
losing it and lying to the audience mm-hmm. as much as he's lying to the other Thomas. You really have no idea you, what the you, fuck is going right, on. You don't right. really, yeah, I mean, it, well, I don't know if you don't know what's going on, but you don't know what's real and what's not real. That's what I mean. Right. Like, you really don't know what the fuck is actually happening. So, to get And into, what's real. Yeah, to get into that point, I think one of the first themes I want to dive into is the theme of isolation. Because I think that's one of the core elements that hits Thomas Howard's character over the course of the film, but I think that's something that Thomas Wake's character, which is played by William Defoe, he basically starts off with, and it's revealed more and more how it's actually turned him into a bit of like an antagonistic character. Because one of the things that you'll recognize while watching the film, this particular scene where Howard's character is like completely done dealing with Wake's just bullshit, and he tries to escape through the lifeboat that they have on the island. Yeah. And there's a point where Wake is running at the boat with an axe, like, don't leave me! And he's like, destroys it. And yeah. that's a moment where it was revealed that there's a sense that Wake kind of is literally lonely as a result. And well, there's, I mean, I do, I do want to point something out yeah. about that scene. Yeah. And this is further on in the movie. Again, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to go piece by piece I, with this really? movie. So we're going to just talk about it. But he's running after. Robert Pattinson's character right. mm-hmm. hits him with the axe, and well, then they the have boat with the axe. he hits a boat with the axe, and then he later on ends up hitting Robert later Pattinson's right, sorry, character with an axe after he buries him. And while they're <laughs> oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. So he hits a boat with the axe and runs after him, mm-hmm. and then they're having an argument, and then Thomas Wick Wake. Wake is saying, "I knew you were crazy when you hit the lifeboat with the axe." And then chased after me. This movie really should be called "It's the Gaslight." Yes, That's what this I'm movie should said, be yes, called. Yeah. Like, it is. It is both but, of them gaslighting each other. But really. also, they're like gaslighting each other. But there's like a point where you start to question it too, because there, mm. there's so many times where like you think something's happening and it's not happening, right. and, and like Robert they are going crazy. So mm. it's like Robert Pattinson is literally seeing mermaids on the shore. And right. now, his, that's a different thing now, we'll get his into. Thing, his thing. So I also yeah. I want I want to, I know that we're going we're, 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 <laughs> we're, sure, going we're, we're going down the rabbit hole as much as this movie is. Right. Um, I kind of have a theory about okay. the whole movie that I'll share later on. Okay. That I got on the second viewing, but Ooh. but I want to hear what you had to say there. Yeah. So. On top of that, I'm glad you guys mentioned the gaslighting piece because that's like one of the next like biggest themes that are is reflected as a, you watch the film is that Wake is one of the main, for lack of a better term, it almost feels like it's an abusive relationship after you watch the movie. Oh, like, yeah. it is, it yeah. is, yeah, because yeah. the way that Wake tries to be, you know, he's benevolent and and somewhat attentive, but then at the same time he's very you know, cold-hearted and gaslighting and things of that nature. And it actually leads to Howard's descent in many ways. So he, yeah, yeah. he definitely assists in, in, in Howard's insanity. And then you could argue that Wake was crazy from the get-go. Right. Um, but what you had to share about isolation and him coming over, Wake coming over and smashing Howard's boat, mm-hmm. it kind of leads into another big theme. And I'll mm-hmm. just segue into it really quick yeah. because we can go back to isolation is, this movie, there, there's a lot of homoerotic imagery in this movie. They are, they, they, they are, I mean, they have a borderline romantic relationship at times. Yeah. Uh, and I think, mm. I think even Robert Eagers came out and said that that was intentional. I mean, there's, there, they slow dance, and I'm, there's nothing wrong with that by any right. means. But you, they have this abusive relationship closer than a, you know, a, a work relationship. 
I and think it's because they're isolated on this island. Exactly. Yeah. And that was the thing that I never really considered the whole, like, homo aspect of it. But I can see what you mean by that. And I guess when I was watching it, my initial thought was, oh, they're just isolated on an island and also they're drunk as shit. This happens on occasion when people, like, drink. They do, like, crazy shit. So that was my interpretation of it. That was yeah, my I don't, I, I don't. I don't know if I agree. <laughs> I mean, they... They they obviously like talk and have fun at times, but right. then they they end up like slow dancing. They almost kiss at one point, which right. leads to them immediately starting to just like fight each other, like physically fight each other, which is just like kind of the I guess Total, totally. Well, it's totally just a man thing. Yeah, like, well, for sure. It's 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 super funny. They're about to kiss, and then instead of kissing, they just start like boxing each other in, yeah. in the in the living well, room. Well, here's the thing. I the more I watched the film and those types of situations happened, I kept thinking this was all orchestrated by Wake himself. Because the way that... Okay, at the very end of the movie, near the end, when Howard confronts Wake about the things that he wrote in the book, exaggerating the things that he did, even though when you really think about it, Wake kind of leaned for his actions to... Well, like, for example, Wake is essentially kind of enticing him and forcing him to drink. Exactly. And then once he actually drinks after denying him throughout the entire time, exactly. he takes one drink, there's one night where he drinks, and in his logbook he says he's an alcoholic. Exactly. Yeah. So that's on top of that too. And then Howard also blames Wake for the totem that is also recorded in the book, and then also for any type of insubordination and everything else. So when you think about it from that perspective, from Howard's viewpoint, Wake is orchestrating certain behaviors and pushing Howard to do certain things that he's recording is like, oh, he's insubordinate, he's not the best employee, we're going to duck his rages. And that just is another element that drives Howard over the edge. Well, that, that and there's a, there is a total uh, superiority complex that Wake yeah. has in that Wake is the only one that is allowed to take care of the lighthouse at night. Like, the right. actual light itself. Right. Um, and, <laughs> again, that homoerotic <laughs> imagery, I mean, uh, Howard ends up one night walking up the stairs. Oh, yeah after seeing wake up there walks up the stairs and looks through the the like great, great yeah. and is watching for for hot second uh <laughs> uh wake masturbating mm-hmm. and then there's finishing and all that stuff oh, uh, yeah but essentially uh howard makes it up in his mind that there is some some sort of secret or some sort of power or some sort right. of mythology to the light itself and that uh wake is keeping it from him and that leads to another theme line that pops up. So we talked about isolation for a bit, and we'll most likely turn to. We talked about the abuse slash gaslighting element. And the next theme that pops up is the aspect of temptation and ambition. And this is the part that stands out to me. So when Howard is first introduced in in his duties as a wiki, he asks, okay, at some point, it's I'm expected to help with keeping the lighthouse, right? And then Wake's like, oh, no, no, I'll take care of them. And you're like, what the hell's going on here? And that's what leads to Howard's curiosity of like, what the hell's going on. And that's what leads him to like, try to figure out what's happening. And it's this, on top of gaslighting and abuse and the losing one's sanity, that Howard's just like, I need to figure out what the fuck's going on with this lighthouse, because... Whatever the fuck it is, apparently it's good enough for this man to be fucking crazy to ditch life itself and remain on this island. So that curiosity is what's consuming it. One of the things I've recognized with Wake that makes him like a weird split character is that not only is he the one that's orchestrating a lot of the descent and madness, but he's also the main party that introduced a lot of warnings to Howard. 
like he tells him not to kill a seabird, mm-hmm. and then Howard kills a seabird. In an honestly, really, in a pretty funny scene. I know, like, <laughs> right. I mean, maybe a that's just my psychopath. I mean, maybe <laughs> the, the entire time the seagull is just like, like hilariously messing with him, like tapping on the window while he's sleeping. He falls off the lighthouse and he wakes up, and the seagull is just like pecking at his leg and mm-hmm. cawing in his face and whatever. And eventually, it's cawing in his face, and he grabs it out of the air and just starts. <laughs> walloping it right. on the ground um, and kills the seabird after being warned not to because it's bad luck. Mm-hmm. And immediately there's this really cool shot where he's done killing the seabird. The camera pans to the left and then just pans straight up and goes straight up the lighthouse at the very top. Mm-hmm. And the wind, you can see, changes directions. Mm-hmm. And from that moment on, this storm hits. Right. And that's really when things get fucky, honestly. Time just goes out the window. It seems like it's one day and then... Thomas Wake questions it. He's like, how long have we been here? Has it been a day? Has it been a week? Has it been a month? And you realize you have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really where things begin to slip. They start drinking at that point. Uh, once they run out of alcohol, <laughs> they begin to drink kerosene. Yeah. Uh, it it slips Funny real, side note. real quick. I usually try to pick alcohol and theme with the movie. So I tried to look up exactly what they were drinking. I mean, I I try to if I can. And I look up, what are they drinking in the lighthouse? Kerosene. Literal. Literal kerosene. Can't drink that. Yeah, no, no, not exactly ideal. That was a side note, how to throw that in there. Right, that's like desperation, like, (laughs) for the wind. Shows you where their mind was at. Yeah, and it's, I mean, and during this time, I briefly mentioned it, uh, Thomas Howard is seeing all kinds of different visions. He's having nightmares. You, He describes an incident where he basically became a wiki because he was working in the forest industry, mm-hmm. and he says that he act like a, a partner he was working with slipped and accidentally died, mm-hmm. but in his dreams, it basically seems like he killed the dude. Well... And it seems like with his guilty conscience, it seems like he's killed the dude. So with that, this is what I was understanding from the film. That first off, the partner that was at the lumber yard back in you know his old years, I thought that was his superior, like a supervisor. And that was translating to the way that oh. he was feeling towards Wake because it was like a reflection of that same experience. Yeah. The way he described him was like, he treated me like a dog and all that stuff. And that's yeah. what was translated. I'm not a dog. Him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's that could be very well true. Uh, the What I picked up on, though, was that once again, it seemed like he was lying. Well, I thought he was telling the truth in terms he, of like... The, he said that he... like I believe what he was talking about is that there was a dam that was about to rupture right. or something. And that he saw the guy slip and didn't help him. Right. And he feels guilty because he had the means in order to help him, but he didn't do anything. But then in his dream, he's wading out of the water. The water's rising. He sees a body out there. And I believe he like raises his hand to like bash his head Mm. in in that dream. He like, maybe not, maybe. Shannon is only like, about the dream. I just, there's so much that you guys got out of this movie, and I did not. <laughs> like, For you're talking like, about the book, the log that Wake, yeah. Wake had. I, I don't remember that part. You know why? Do you know why? I don't, rem- don't, do you know I why don't remember, remember this that? dream. You know why you don't remember that? Because we just watched it, and you were just on your phone the whole time. <laughs> no, yeah, I was yes, not. You were 100%. Oh, no. 100%. But even the first time we watched this, I was not on my phone the whole time. But. <laughs> I just, 
Yeah. You, uh, you want to know what I got from this movie? <laughs> a whole lot of masturbation and there a whole a lot, lot of mermaid yeah. pussy. That There's is whole my synopsis of this movie. With, yeah, there, there is any sex with a mermaid. In, he does. In his dream again. And, and that's like what's so hard about this movie is because it's so hard to tell what is real and what's not. It's right. He's obviously dreaming about this mermaid as he's looking at this little, like, ivory totem of a mm-hmm. mermaid that he has. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he pulls up a lobster cage, and there's a head in it of, right. of Thomas Wake's last wiki. Right. You think, but it never comes up again, and well, it, it's... Well, real quick, for the guy's head that pops up, was he missing an eye? Yeah. So isn't the seagull also missing an eye, too? And isn't the whole theory is that the seagulls are the spirits of dead sailors? That was the theory. So yeah. I did catch that. So wasn't the whole <laughs> idea that the reason why the seagull was that particular seagull was messing with Howard was because that was the was last movie that was it? Yeah, I don't it had like a cut off. Oh, eye. was it? I don't think it was. I thought it was. That would be way cooler if it was. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it was. I, again, I'd have to rewatch it, but right. I because I thought that was the whole idea. There's a ton of different themes. There's like themes about. I mean, there's, like, mythical themes, too. I've seen right. people break down all the imagery. I know the image where uh, Willem Dafoe is naked and he his eyes become, like, beams of light. I thought that oh, was a cool yeah, that imagery. Was cool that was cool uh, it's a really famous painting. Yeah. Right? It's a, fa- right. a, a painting of, like, I want to say it's Prometheus, but I can't I can't remember what it, the painting mm, is yeah. of. Yeah. Uh, but it's a really famous painting. It's a really painting. famous painting. Um, and there's a, there's a ton of imagery like that. And basically, it's, it's impossible to tell what is and isn't happening. Willem Dafoe's character at some point, actually a couple points, becomes it seems like Triton, like becomes like the god of the sea. Or at least he, like summoning the essence of the Well, he describes so. him oh, with yeah. like tentacles and barnacles and all these things, yeah. and then he, he has a crown, it looks like, and becomes that oh, yeah. at a certain point. Mm-hmm. Um and so it, it's it, it's just so tough to tell what is and isn't real. Mm-hmm. And then when Howard finally gets what he wants and goes up to the top of the lighthouse, he opens it and the lighthouse kind of opens up to him mm-hmm. and he sees this light, trips down the stairs, and dies. Does he so, die? To that point, his Which leads into my theory. Okay. But go ahead, carry on with the theory. Oh, so, so, I want to hear the theory. Right, right, right. So <laughs> this is coincides with the fact that Wake has been giving him warnings throughout the course of the movie and keeps and Howard just does not adhere to them. One of the warnings that came up, at least from my perspective, was that when Howard was burying Wake, because he's done with his shit, he's like... He's literally burying him alive. Yeah, burying him alive. After having walked like a dog. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, he beats the shit out of him, and he says, bark, dog. And then he's like, (laughs) barking up the ground. It's so weird. Right, right. It's like, well, damn, this this turned real quick. (laughs) So as he's burying him, uh, Wake basically tells him exactly what he's going to get from Lightbell. So... But my understanding of the way he describes it, because he describes it in a very like cryptic, riddled slash. Maybe that's essence. why I didn't get any of this movie. Yeah, every time I told everything you to listen, is, you just didn't no. Listen. But even when I was listening, everything's just so fucking cryptic, right, right. and I just don't understand. So this is my like I'm not good at riddles, okay? <laughs> it's understandable. But this is my interpretation of it. The lighthouse, in some aspect, is like a mythological thing where it's a means of judgment, and if you are a person of good character. You will get exposed to all the benefits of heaven and all that, sh- all that shit. If you are a character that is deemed unworthy, you'll be subjected to all the worst aspects of demise and all that shit. So, and, and Rick uh, literally told Howard, you will be facing 
judgment and you'll be found wanting type of deal. And I wasn't sure if that was talking about him killing him, though. What do you mean? Like, I wasn't sure if him talking about judgment that Howard was going to face was you killing me is going to... No, no, no. Most likely it's because of what he's understanding of Howard over the course of the film. And his past actions, like, spilling the beans and stuff. So, so... Describe what you think is going on, because I have a theory as well that I mm. formed on a second viewing. From, like, the just in general, the film Yeah, stuff. what do you think is... is at, do, you th- do you think it's just two guys going crazy, mm. and, and, and that's all? So, I kind of have two theories. So, for the first one, there's a line that's introduced by... Wake's character. You're not allowed to have two theories. You've only had one. You can have a theory shit. for me because I don't have one. <laughs> there you go. Worse, that works. So Wake mentions in one of their spats in like the last third of the movie where how do you know he tells uh, Wake's telling Howard how do you know this not like a fever dream and you're frostbitten in Canada after what the hell happened with your superior and I'm like. I wonder if that's like a like a throwaway line, or if that's like legit what's happening, and that's like in his mind what's going on because everything's all nightmarish and it's like mm-hmm. a dream sequence. So what oh, if that's actually what's dude. happening? Okay. And then going after that, what if in reality this is actually happening on the island, and what's happening is Howard is having a lot of nightmarish experiences as a result of his consciousness fighting him, and also the alcohol-induced episodes. And then at the very end, where he's encountering the lighthouse itself, it's just a mixture of alcoholism, kerosene exposure, and poisoning. So he actually did die. But in his perspective, he did face the lighthouse, and he's having these experiences. But in reality, he just had a drunken episode, and he just fucking like died. And one of his last thoughts is him getting pecked away by birds, considering yeah, so, everything that's happened to him. So Ooh, maybe he died when he fell from the lighthouse. Right, 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 exactly. <laughs> okay. so, so one there's there's more mythological imagery there with the, yeah. with the goals picking out his li- his his insides because yeah, yeah. there's again i should have looked it up beforehand but you know the the myth this the myth i'm talking about yeah um it's prometheus it's prometheus is it prometheus yeah yeah he's strapped to the rock and he has eagles that come by every day right. and claw out his liver i think it is right a- anyways more imagery, mythological imagery. That's all intentional. Mm-hmm. Yada yada. Right. Before I before I go into my theory, though. No, I want to know your theory. No, you were talking yeah. about night nightmarish imagery, and I just want to take really quick, and yeah. maybe we can circle back to yeah. this. Uh, just how much black and white is used to a super cool effect. How Robert Eagers uses the the darkness to frame things. Yeah. Like he'll. He'll change the framing of the shot by using the black to make the frame smaller or bigger or whatever. It's just super oh, cool. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't um, really consider that. Yeah. So here's my theory, okay? Mm-hmm. And and I didn't look this up, and it's probably completely wrong. But what I picked up on on this one, this viewing, is that specifically at the end when he's dead, you could see it a couple different ways. You could see it. He fell down the lighthouse and like hurt himself. And then just lived for a bit and just died, you know, on the rocks. But when I watched it this other time... But how do you know he actually died? Does he die? Do we know that? Well, here's my theory, okay? Okay. When you watch it back, uh, at the very end, the last shot that you get is a Ephraim Winslow or Thomas Howard, whatever he goes by, 
He is dashed on the rocks. He's basically naked. He's covered in seaweed. He's beaten to shit. And he is getting pecked out by seagulls. And he's super gaunt. Looks like he's dying. In that shot, so we spent a ton of time on the island. Like, basically, you get to see the entire island, right? Like, the whole movie's set on this tiny little island. Not once do you ever see where he is in that scene. And in that scene, there is no lighthouse. There is no island that you can see. There's no shores or anything. My theory that I came up with last night is that this is just, the whole thing is just his dying thoughts. It's him coming to terms with all the things that he's different done, that he's done. Thomas Wake is just a stand-in for his subconscious Mm -hmm. and his old boss that he killed. Mm -hmm. The lighthouse is just, literally going up to heaven, whatever it might be, the light mm-hmm. at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. And that's why at the end, he goes up and is unworthy. That's mm-hmm. his, his judgment. He goes up to the lighthouse to try and get into heaven or whatever it might be, is immediately rejected, mm-hmm. falls, literally falls down to hell, whatever, mm-hmm. wakes up and is is dying dash on the rocks. No, that's I, my theory. Yeah. It's 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 the whole time. I was so over the movie that I don't even remember that scene. Oh, oh my god! I, I, <laughs> maybe I'm totally off. Right. But it it just seems like the whole thing is him trying to earn his his right to ascend or whatever it might be. It's like literally physical labor. He is dealing with the person that he killed in his life, whatever, mm-hmm. and. He, by cheating means, mm-hmm. basically does the same mistake a second time, tries to cut his way up to the, the you know, Valhalla or whatever you want to call it. Right, right. And by cheating up there, he gets a taste of it and then is immediately shot out and rejected and is uh, wakes up. And again, what I focus on is that you, there is no, nothing we see in that shot. And it pans out for a bit. You don't see any lighthouse. You don't see the, the island. You don't see anything that we can recognize mm-hmm. and it's very shallow rocks and he's dashed up and he's naked and he's covered in seaweed like he's been there for a while and he's getting pecked out by seagulls like it he's not in any state that we've seen him previously in the movie right and here's the thing i actually agree with a lot of the points we introduced i feel like it's like a mixture of some of the interpretations that i had as well so i'm glad that you uh recognize a lot of those elements. you could also see it as you could you i mean you could also see it as exactly what you said Mm-hmm. Except that it is all happening, but it is some sort of trial or tribulation or whatever. Right, right. And he is a wiki, and all of that is. And then there's a time jump at the end, mm-hmm. and and he's just dying on the rocks, and it's like that. That could be what it is too. But and one of the other things that kept coming into mind is that this story is building off a lot of the warnings that, as we discussed previously, that Wake has presented. So as an example. Do not fucking kill the seagulls, because it's bad luck if you fucking kill seagulls. Like, well, shit, now we're kind of fucked. Then he fucks with his uh, opinion on his cooking. There's literally a scene where Wick's like, you don't like my cooking? <laughs> <laughs> and Howard's like, nah, you're, you're, t- you're, you're shit. fond of me lobster. Right, exactly. And it's <laughs> like, like, what is this? Like, right, right. It's like, y'all, like an old berry couple? What the fuck is this shit? They are, though. Yeah, no, it's kind of hilarious. Yeah. And again, I keep thinking this is done on purpose by Wake whether it's consciously or subconsciously, because he's fucking crazy. And as soon as Howard's like, nah, you, you, this shit's trash, 
Wake literally puts on like basically this he banishes epic him. He does like this. Right. He does this insane monologue. Right, but if you really pay attention to it, this what he curses him with the is description what of, the is end. what happens at the end. Yeah. So he actually is giving him the very thing that happens to him at the end. Then on top of that, there's the point where they're both drunk on whatever the fuck it is, and I think this was before the kerosene. And they're literally <laughs> holding each other, and Howard's like, can I tell yourself? And Wade's like, no, nah, don't tell me. Don't spill your beans. It's so spill fucking hilarious. Like, right? you spill your beans? beans? Yeah. And he explains to him his background as being in the lumber industry and his supervisor getting killed, but him not doing anything, and he feels that guilt, or there's that sense that he feels that guilt. Why was that such a big deal to Wake? Because he was so mad at him the next morning for like spilling his beans. Because I think they, I think they intentionally aren't. I think they intentionally have this. They have they have this boss and employee relationship. I think you can see it a couple different ways. It's it's him trying to confide in someone that Wake feels like he's not someone that should be confided in, and he's not right. It it could be that it could be them breaching the relationship, getting closer. It could be. Uh, Thomas admitting that he had something to do with killing a supervisor and that's what Wake is. I thought it was also the case too, if you think of it as the entire movie experience like a dream sequence, then the admission of Howard's personal feelings about the whole situation could be Wake being his conscious like, don't do it, don't admit it, because you're making it real. The other interpretation is that if Wake is in some aspect like an avatar of like the supernatural shit that's happening, then it could be the case like the reveal of what Howard actually did is just bringing more into reality more shit that's going to happen to him. It's like by actively saying this to this guy, you're making shit actively worse because he's going to A, use his ammo and gaslight even further and also you're going to be judged by this even more and it turns out to be the case when we actually face it the lighthouse itself yeah yeah I, I think you can see it a couple different ways and i think that there's some really cool subtle tricks that they the director does in showing their power dynamic constantly shift yeah um one thing i pointed out watching it this last time with shannon is the entire time uh, thomas howard uh, pattinson's character smoked cigarettes mm-hmm. and the entire the contrary to him you've got thomas wake who smokes a, a pipe hmm. and then there's one scene when they're bonding and, and i think it's thomas wake is talking about how he got his bum leg and stuff and they're drinking and whatever mm-hmm. and in that scene uh thomas H- howard is smoking uh wake's pipe mm-hmm. and wake is smoking a cigarette sure and then what happens is yeah. once they're talking they're having a good time but then howard asks too many questions i think it is wake stands up gets pissed off grabs the pipe out of howard's mouth and then start smoking that instead and so it's just like these yeah. little subtle yeah. visual cues as to who holds the power and when they're on good and not good terms i never paid attention to that but that's actually really good detail that's actually spent us quite a bit but before diving into anything further shannon i wanted to ask you you had a chance to see the movie first and you had your initial <laughs> the initial reception of it did watching it a second time give you no, I really like wanted to like it. Like I No, you didn't. No, but I you didn't give I I did try to go into this with an open mind this time around because I knew we were doing a podcast episode on it. 
And I just immediately got bored and just, it's really? not That's my so, cup of tea. So wait, is it because so of the old movie format? Because I know that definitely, she doesn't it, like Surprisingly, it's not movies. that. Like, mm. I I think we've talked about it before, but I don't right. like old black and white movies. I've never really, right. I don't really know. like old movies. I don't really know what it is, but mm. I just love to watch new movies. Right, fair. It wasn't that. If anything, that was my favorite part about this movie it was yeah. just like well you was, really love 12 angry men yeah yeah which uh, is a black and white older movie yeah yeah old movie actually but lighthouse was lighthouse was shot very well i really liked it i did like that's ah, gorgeous it's mm-hmm. a gorgeous movie uh it's so good looking this the movie. sound that was in the movie sound sequence is that what you would call it True. sound design sound and... design i thought that that was pretty interesting you were constantly hearing the foghorn and just, well, there was a point where you like asked if that was intentional. If you were, the foghorn was going, and she was like, "Is are we? Is that actually happening, or is that the the score?" Like, no, that's the foghorn because mm-hmm. it almost becomes like this soundtrack in its own. Like, like, right, yeah. right, right, yeah. So, like all of that, I liked, but the rest of it on a technical level, you loved it. Or yes, liked it. yes, but but. The story didn't. It, it get just you. didn't do it for me. I mean, <laughs> really, you guys are sitting here talking about everything that you like got out of it what, all the so things. what so what did what didn't work for you yeah is a better question i'm really curious like, like what did you not like because obviously taylor and i have been spending the last what 30 minutes or something just talking about right. this ad, nause- ad yeah. nauseum and so I'm, I'm i'm not saying that that's right i'm just curious like what, i don't what know did you and not- maybe it's just because it was like it was very cryptic like every mm. time wake was talking i really didn't understand what he was saying for the yeah. most part yeah. maybe that's part of it the masturbating was just a little too much for me. Hey, you uh, watched three sixty five day next. There's there is a difference. I okay. saw. Wait, I was like, wait, wait, wait. That's okay. There is what? a difference. Wait, what the fuck? I saw Wake's sperm coming down, and I straight up gagged. I was like, this is disgusting. Don't want to see it. The mermaid Whoa. pussy, way too far. Crossing the line there. Couldn't uh, do it. Fuck, get, uh, shrimp, get, I had to show the mermaid pussy with no legs, but I can't swim. No, you didn't have to. You didn't have to. There's a film note right there that's actually in that commentary. And it's funny because when you first see the mermaid Mm. on the rocks, you see a very small amount of the mermaid pussy. And Oliver's like, really? Is that what you've been so hung up on? And I was like, no, I swear there's another scene. And then you see a flash. And then you see a scene and it's just full on mermaid pussy. Yeah, as he's masturbating. (laughs) Or as he's like trying to masturbate because he's having all these other visions. Right, right, right. He there's a flash of it. It's not even the whole movie. If <laughs> if you were to like ratio it, it's probably like point zero 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 one percent of the yeah. movie. That's all it is for me. God damn it. And it's only I really think that it's only there to show that he can have sex with it, which is like the next scene he's having sex with. Right, her. right. Um, I don't well, know what it is. I just it, like this movie did not do it for me. Well, yeah. one of the things that you mentioned that I can understand for some viewers can be difficult and want to get into is that Wake does speak in a rather cryptic fashion. Yeah, he mm-hmm. speaks in in authentic old older English. Right. And, um, and that's something that Robert Eagers does in all of his movies. Is he tries to be super authentic to the time that it's, right. it's in. And one of the other things that I've noticed with Wake's means of using his means of storytelling is that it's very almost like mythology-esque. Like, if you had this transcribed and you're reading this, it seems like it's like a Greek Like Shakespearean. Exactly, yeah. So I can understand that if for those who are not used to that type of style of storytelling, it can be like, what the fuck's he even saying? Did you like like The Witch? 
So me, me and a coworker were actually talking about The Witch the other day, and I like can't remember exactly which movie that is. Because which movie that is? Which movie? I feel like I've watched so it's many Robert, witch movies. It's, it's a Robert Eager's movie. It it's honestly I would say harder to understand than this one because they speak yeah. in authentic old old English. Oh, shit. I feel like, um, and I I'm not a subtitle person. I know it's fifty fifty. Like oh every, so a lot of people like subtitles. A lot I'm really talk. not a subtitle person. I but I almost feel person. like maybe I could have gotten a little bit more out of the movie. Maybe, really? I maybe I, with subtitles. See, I guess, I, I guess I d- didn't feel that way about this movie. Because maybe you understood it. I just don't. Un- I like. Yeah. I genuinely did not understand what Wake was saying half the time. Yeah. I mean, not even half the time. Ninety nine percent of the time. <laughs> God damn, Willem Dafoe is a good actor. I do. <laughs> that, that was actually fucking cool shit. Yeah. Yeah, he goes on a lot of tirades where he's just. I mean, honestly, what else is he in? A lot. A He's lot. Green Goblin. That's probably where you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. he is Green Goblin. He's also in uh, John Wick 1. of a scientist myself. Yeah. yeah. He's also in uh, John Wick 1. Is he? Yeah, yeah. He's in the first John Wick. If I'm not mistaken. John Wick. Hell, love yeah, John Wick. Yeah. He does get... I think, yeah, he does get killed, but... <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, Spoiler he, if you haven't watched John in, Wick. Are you sure not thinking of Boondock Saints? No, no, he's in Boondock okay. Saints as well, but I think he's also... He's in a lot of movies. Yeah, he's in a lot of movies. Yeah, okay. Name another one that I know. Uh, that you would know? Yeah. Um, we watched Boondock Saints. You would know no, that. No, I didn't. Yeah, we did. We did. And we watched... Uh, he's Aquaman! In, he's in Aquaman, yeah. He's in, in, in Justice League then by yep. association because yep. he's, he's like Aquaman's kind of mentor. Mm-hmm. Oh! Yes. He yeah. is! Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I gotta pull out the real childish movies for you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. We're getting off topic. <laughs> I don't know, but this is actually a good question that I, that I think I asked you while we were watching it, but I want to ask you again to elaborate, is that you... So I never watched Twilight, thank God. And I, I think Robert Pattinson is a fucking fantastic actor. If, like, if the man has not shown that he can act in the past however many years with Ooh, the movies yeah. that he's choosing to be in, I don't know... Who has? He's probably one of the most interesting actors I think that's working today. That yeah. That's all to say that I asked Shannon, who is a big Twilight fan, when you see this movie, do you see Edward from Twilight? Because in every Robert Pattinson movie, as far as I'm concerned, besides maybe one, Shannon, that's all she sees is Edward. Seriously? Yep. That, which is blows me away. But anyways, Shannon. I mean, I think I'll always see Edward. Oh I think... God. Any any girl in my generation is going to see Edward from Twilight. It's the same thing with Kirsten Stewart. Same thing with Taylor Lautner. That's all you you're going to see. I feel like. And then there's been a couple movies where I just see Shark Boy. <laughs> oh, Shark Boy. Okay. <laughs> he went from my love when I was younger as Shark Boy to him as Twilight. Okay, anyways, he was Mr. Twilight. He was Mr. Twilight. Anyways, there's been a couple movies where it's almost like I've almost I've, seen I've, a different person, me, like Good Time. Robert Pattinson plays Good you, in Good you Time. Did when you watched Good Time, I did see Robert Pattinson, but there was like. he kind of broke away from it like I I did see a different character for bits and pieces of it Um, the new Batman I saw Robert Pattinson 100% Um, 
this movie. Are you seeing Robert Pattinson or Edward though? Sorry, uh, Edward. Okay. I'm seeing Edward. This Back movie, the for the most part, I saw Edward. There was oh, one what scene. The movie were you watching? I, okay, I don't want to go too off the rails on this subject, sorry, but I, I, now now I have to ask the question: What actor, when they are playing something, do you no longer see the actor? That because I need to. I need like we're doing an experiment now. I need to know the variable, the constant. Like what 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 actor when you watch them you don't see them anymore. You just see what they're playing. Name name one, and that'll give me a good idea of like what the baseline is. I feel like a lot of actors. Name one. Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh fuck! I see Leonardo DiCaprio. Jake Gyllenhaal. No, I see Jake Gyllenhaal. Just I, I love Leonardo DiCaprio. Jake I think he's he's great, but I I always see Leonardo DiCaprio. But but do you? I just see, watched okay, Blood Diamond. So it's not good. Let's go back to your question though, because you're not asking if I'm seeing Robert Pattinson. You're asking if I'm seeing Edward. When you watch a movie that Leonardo DiCaprio is in, are you seeing Jake from or Jack from Titanic? Like, think of I'm think of one Leonardo think of his DiCaprio. star think of I'm his seeing. star role, and are you only seeing that character? I mean, because I that's guess, that's yeah, what Rob- I, mean, I guess kind of yeah, because I'm seeing Leonardo DiCaprio the whole time. But I guess what's different for Robert Pattinson is. Twilight was his breakthrough role. And a lot of girls in my generation loved him in it and obsessed over him in it. And now that's all you see. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like that is a similar issue that the immediate comparison comes to mind is Harry Potter. Because I bet yeah. Daniel Radcliffe has the same issue. And then yeah, Emma but, Watson but has the same there has been well. movies where like I I don't just see... Harry Potter. But, that Daniel Radcliffe. True, but I bet you a lot of individuals... Every movie I've seen where yeah. he's in, I just, I just see Harry Potter. Many. And that's, I mean, that's true. Yeah. I think I would do the same thing with Hermione. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. even know her, act, Emma Watson. Emma Watson. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I just feel like Robert Pattinson is too good of an actor. And he is. Like, don't, into that. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I think I he is like a good a actor. Of, I feel like those other people you mentioned are kind of playing not as ballsy roles as Robert Pattinson. So here's the thing. Like, his acting in Twilight, fucking stupid. Everyone can <laughs> agree on that now. <laughs> yeah. The acting he's in in Lighthouse and Good Time, there's another another movie, The Devil Inside or The Devil... Devil what is that? All the time? Some movie, another yeah. movie. He's... Actually, that was the first movie I didn't see Edward. Oh, I thought you didn't like him in that movie. No, I did like him in that movie. Okay, now, yeah, now you're gaslighting me. This is no, the theme. No, this no, is no, the no, theme. No. Of I did like him in that movie. You said you hated his voice. I did I... hate his voice in that movie. Oh. Um, his acting sucked in Twilight. I think everybody's acting kind of sucked in Twilight because the movie just fucking sucked. Looking back on it, he is a good actor. I'm not saying he's not. I think he's an amazing actor, and there's. Actually, a couple scenes in the lighthouse where I'm just like, damn, he's a good actor. I, but I think because of all the hype that Twilight had when it came out and that being his first like star role, that's all I that can just see. Sucks so much. Not it does you, suck. Not by you, but just like I. So say what you will about like the examples you made were like Daniel Radcliffe and Emma Watson. Say what you will about them, but I feel like. Well, actually, Daniel Radcliffe has been taking some more roles that I feel mm-hmm. like are kind of more off. I think he's in the same boat as well. Probably. A little bit. I think he's starting to reach into yeah. it. Um, but say what you will about them, but 
Robert Pattinson has been doing this like indie circuit and has been doing all these crazy movies and these crazy characters and he's so talented. It's such a bummer that and I don't think you're just the only one. I think there's probably no, a, I ton think of people, a ton of people, but it's just such a bummer that I feel like he's such a fantastic actor and he's just going to be associated with this kind of shitty role. I honestly think it's the same thing with like Disney stars. Disney mm, stars are yeah. always associated to that role that they played. Like Haley Duff. Yeah. And, yeah, and I mean, is she a good actor? But I mean, for most, most of the part, they don't like really go on to do much more, but there have been a few. And that's all you can see is their Disney role. No, no, like, well, my next to me, I thought of Shia LaBeouf, but honestly, he has done enough other stuff to. But he's another one. I only see him from Holes. Or not Holes. Even Steven. Even Steven. Holes and even Steven. I only think of those two characters when I see Yeah, I just think, you know, I'll bring it back now to the lighthouse. I just, it just bums me out because I feel like if there was ever a. I don't know why it bums me out. It bums me out for Robert Pattinson, I guess, that, like, if there's ever a role, I'm sure he doesn't give a fuck. He probably like, doesn't give a fuck. Well, like, he's making money. Sure, and for sure. And I think he's probably doing what he wants, yeah. too. You know, which is cool. He can, now he can get these roles that are weird and different. I think he's shown his chops that he can he can do it. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, but he's the new Batman. Yeah, like, right, right, for I, sure. I, I feel like for Robert Pattinson, it was probably harder for him to kind of he, move out of becoming Edward. He and has, he obviously he's did. Earned it, I think he's no, earned it. I mean, he. There's so many roles I've seen him in, and I don't think that there's like I remember seeing Good Time, and that was kind of the role for me yeah. where I watched it, and I no longer saw Robert Pattinson, I no longer saw Edward, and that was the role for me where I was like, "Holy shit, this dude can act! It, this is crazy!" Right. I think Lighthouse is equally as good, and basically equally almost as transformative as Good Time was. It's. It's so that's what I mean in saying that it's just a bummer that this actor is always going to be associated with that. And I don't even mean like, oh, it's Robert Pattinson. He's Edward. I mean, more so that there's going to be all these people that see him in these roles where he's giving this performance that arguably is better than some of the many of the roles that Leonardo DiCaprio, as another example, has been in recently. And he's just going to be, oh, it's, he looks, he's Edward. He just reminds me of Edward. You know but you thought the same with <clears throat> Kirsten Stewart. But I would argue that, like, the role... And I haven't seen all her movies, so it's not necessarily fair for me to critique, but the movies I have seen, I don't think that they're as, like, transformative... As as transformative roles as Robert Pattinson has taken yeah. in, like, Good Time and The Lighthouse. Now, one thing I just want to note is that on top of not only the individual performances of William Defoe and Robert Pattinson and just how immersed they are um, into these characters, but... Willem. But, is it Willem? It's Will M. What, what did it's I say? William Defoe. Oh, fuck. I fucked up. Not, what is it? It's Willem. It's Will- oh, Willem? Yeah, right. How Willem is that spelled? W-I-L-L-E-M, I believe. Willem Defoe. Oh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, my bad. My bad. So, Willem. Yeah. That's fine. It's fine. Just don't let it ever happen again. Damn! It's better than the whole 1917 Oh, my God. Yeah, That's a good point. So, with Defoe and Pattinson being as immersed into the characters as they are in this film, this also made me realize, as you were talking about, you know, their interaction with each other. Is this an example of a veteran actor working with a up and coming actor, and this being an opportunity for the upcoming actor to showcase his ability to be on par with the veteran, and this elevates his status as oh, this guy is good. Do you I, think this was that opportunity? As for much as I have this newfound affinity for Robert Pattinson, mm-hmm. 
if I had to choose, I think Willem Dafoe is the it, he puts on the better performance than Robert Pattinson. Fair, but do you think that as a result of this film, this just further elevated Pattinson's capabilities or just showcasing his capabilities I, because he ran, I, I think he was already film. earning it. I think he was mm-hmm. already out there earning his his stripes, even with the lighthouse aside. Do uh, you think that Robert Pattinson is going to be like one of the next like great big actors? Yeah, I mean, I really, I I think he's that good. Me personally, like I I think I think he's that good. I think he's in roles that are not as crazy, but he's choosing interesting movies. Like he's yeah. choosing to be in these movies. Like not I I can't say anyone, but there, like you can watch a movie where someone plays an action star or someone plays just like another Joe Blow or whatever it might be. It takes a totally different type of actor to convince you that they're in they're a 19th century wiki. Like it's. It takes a different type of actor. It takes a different actor to be, you know, a childhood star in, in Edward from Twilight and then be a skeezy guy, greaseball in good time. You know what I mean? Like, it takes a different actor to be able to pull that off. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I think, in my opinion, he's one of the most interesting. He's probably one of the, the people that, if I see him in a movie, I'm, I instantly, I'm more interested in that movie. I think because he, because in my opinion he's earned that for me he's he's That's shown surprising. me that he's he's really good. It's, I'm the opposite. Oh shit! You would rather not go to a Robert Pattinson movie? Yeah. Wait, wait, hold on a second. Scratch, 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 hold on a second. You would rather not go see a Robert Pattinson? Not that I, not wow. that I. Okay, no, okay. Let me rephrase that. Okay. It's not that I wouldn't. Not that it's like oh, it's Robert Pattinson. I don't want. I'm not gonna go see that. But I don't have like. There are other actors that if I'm like see that they're in, I'm like, oh, I want to see that because they're in it. I don't mm. feel that way with Robert Pattinson. I okay. feel like the big actors that everybody see. Okay, I'll, I'll put it this way. I think the big actors that everyone's like, oh my god, blank is in that movie. I gotta go see it. They're like your Brad Pitts, your but Leonardo DiCaprio. But there are new actors and actresses that I have seen that they're in movies and want to see it. Jenna Ortega is another what one. Ma- what male actor? No, no, not 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 you, Taylor. I'm directing this at Shannon right now. What male actor that's not Brad Pitt or Leonardo DiCaprio or one of like you know the big actors do you see in a movie that you're in? Like, oh, he's in it. I want to go see. Because I know you have an affinity for there. There are there are some. I just can't think of any off the top of my head. The point the point that I'm the point that I'm the point that I mean I have there. I know that there are quite a few, but I can't. Well, you think on that for a second because I know you have an affinity for a lot of female actresses, and so do I. But I. I'm more so talking about younger male actors that are in roles. And and I think that a lot of the big name actors that you see that people flock to theaters for are your Leonardo DiCaprio's, are your Brad The Pitt's. guy in Hereditary. Um, the, the kid? The kid. What's oh. his name? You you flock to go see movies? I would go see a movie. That, I, I feel like if there was he a is, movie he, he is, is in, I, think he is I would thoroughly enjoy but it. But also he's younger than Robert Pattinson. And it's you're talking like so Jen... Jenna Ortega and him are like kind of in the same yeah. younger, up and coming teenage kind of actor. I'm talking mm-hmm. in Robert Pattinson's age group type of thing. But more so, the point that I've been trying to make for this minute is like, you know, a lot of people flock for those Leonardo DiCaprio movies, those Brad Pitt movies. They're like the headliners. You put them on the poster, you put them in the title sequence, and it's, I, I get it. They're talented actors, yeah. they're there for a reason. But I don't think I find their performances as interesting or as 
different as I find Robert Pattinson's performances recently. But and it, the reason is is because Robert Pattinson is picking these weird transformative roles like High Life and Good Time. And but it is kind of funny because I feel like I mean maybe not everybody, but some people, like especially girls in my generation, probably would see Robert Pattinson and like want to go see those movies because he's in it. To see, like, how he's... I'm not saying he... I'm not saying that he does not pull people. I'm just saying that I think that he deserves to be... I think that he... People should go see his movies because he's a super talented actor, not because he's Edward from Twilight. They should go see his and, movies the same reason that they go see Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio. And don't movies. get me wrong, I agree. I think he's an amazing actor. There's not any... Like, there's not any point in this movie where I question that. I think he's a great actor. It's just sad that, and maybe it's maybe it's really just my generation. That but you just said that you wouldn't, you would see him in a movie and not want to go to it. Not, no, not that I wouldn't want to go to it, but I wouldn't flock to go to it. I wouldn't be like, oh, Robert Pattinson is in it. I want to go see it. You're rather indifferent if you see his name on it versus like it, it's an attraction. If it came down to a movie, it doesn't add to a movie. If it right. came down to a movie that he was in. I, it would really have to depend on the movie that I would if be like, oh, I want to see you're net zero it. on a movie, seeing Robert Pattinson in it doesn't put you to Exactly. One. Okay, that's, see, that's, I'm the opposite. But that's fair. Obviously, there's a, re- like, people like to watch movies. There's actors that I can't stand that people can, like, that lo- people love, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, I, I, I think maybe it's just my interest as a moviegoer have changed, and I just think that he chooses to be in more interesting movies. That's part of the reason, but also because he's just a really talented actor. I feel like this should be a discussion for what the podcast episode is just talking about actors and actresses. Yeah, I'm sure you. I'm sure that you could. But I mean, because it is interesting it, because right. you guys probably see him in a different light than I see him in. Because yes, you guys were around when Twilight was a huge thing and like yeah. knew that it was a huge thing, but you probably didn't obsess over it like every female did. Like reading the books and watching no, the movies for, and buying sure. the but posters I did, and but like I, but I did for like Harry Potter. Yeah. Oh, you okay. know, and, and I I think Daniel Radcliffe recently has been showing himself to be a talent he's he's kind of on the same sort of level of Pattinson or he's trying to be. I don't in my eyes I don't think he's quite there Ian yet. McGregor. Do you see him as anybody besides Obi Wan Kenobi? That's a good question. I think uh, mm. he. I don't know if I've seen the transformative performance, but I don't. Nec- you know, I don't know. That's a good question. I think he's a talented actor, but no, I I would I would wager that I. That's a, I, that's something you grew up on and kind of obsessed over. Yeah, and think about that's that. That's a great. That's a really good comparison. But but the difference is is me again. I'm not super well versed in his movies. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen the transformative uh, performance from him. If I yeah. I need to see him in his the lighthouse. Yeah. To to then tell you that oh I see, you know I don't see Obi Wan. Yeah. But that's a really good comparison. I I agree. I that's that's a tough one. Yeah. Um, but. I'm gonna for this is the third time. I'm gonna try and bring it back. Third <laughs> times. This is like the fifteenth. I, yeah. <laughs> I I think that the performances are stellar here. I mm-hmm. think that Robert Pattinson is great. I think that Willem Dafoe is great. I think that if you were to compare them, I think Willem Dafoe edges them out. But yeah. maybe it's just the accent. I don't know. Like maybe it's just the dialogue. <laughs> the but accent was the thing that swooned you. That that's, Robert Pattinson isn't that great with ac- um, accents. Wait, neither is Leonardo DiCaprio. I didn't say he was. No, I'm just saying, but I'm, I'm comparing him to like, you know, we're talking about these big stars. I'm yeah. just talking about like, there's these huge stars. He, he gets into it though. He like makes you think that he's like really good at it. I, 
I thought it was pretty good in this movie. I thought it was like decent enough to be passable. Yeah, yeah maybe. I thought it was. God damn it. I thought it was. It, I thought it was pretty good in this movie for sure. Did I'm just gonna segue into some questions? Did this yeah. movie get a lot of like a lot of like trailers and advertisement? Like, um, was honest, there a lot of hype now, for it? Oliver will most likely be able to attest to this in a better degree because he's much more into the horror scene than I am. But mm-hmm. from my understanding, when this film first came out. It definitely garnered a lot of attention from, like, not only just film critics, but also from, like, moviegoers that are really into, like, niche type of movies because it was unique, not just from a cinematography standpoint, but mm-hmm. also it was just a damn good performance all around. So I think I think this was, like, on every cinephile's yeah. radar. Like, yeah. it, it was a Robert Eagers film, which he had already... He had, he hadn't made that many big movies. I yeah. think before this, he only made The Witch. Oh, but. Yeah. But he's such a perfectionist, and and so like his craft, he's so obsessed with his craft that people saw The Witch and instantly became kind of fans and, and looking for his next movies. Yeah. And so then he announced The Lighthouse, and instantly people were like, yes, I'm on board. It's mm. this guy making this movie. How he makes his movies, I'm interested. Mm. So it's like his sophomore flick, and he might have small small movies, you know, before, right. but it's a sophomore flick. So people were already interested about it. And then you've got Pattinson, who recently, again, has been on the circuit of making interesting movies, and Defoe, who's a veteran, like you were saying, shot in black and white on film and all these things, and you got all the cinephiles into it. And so I think that it got it got more hype than it probably you would think it would get. But I don't know that it ever, it never breached, like, I don't think it ever breached to being, like, the next Marvel movie or right. anything like that. It, it's also A24. That always helps. Yeah, and there. correct me if I'm wrong, but 20, 2019 is when this movie yeah. came out. Yeah. Um, I feel like that was kind of the time where A24 started to really become popular. Mm, Around yeah. that time. Yeah. Maybe maybe a year maybe. or so before, but like a lot of movies that they I think made. Hereditary was like 2018. And I think yeah, like and I like feel really like right done. after that, they started like knocking the movies out. Just and they, yeah. So oh, I do feel like this movie caught the attention of some people that they, had, they that were interested that in A24. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's part of the reason me and Oliver wanted to watch it is because we were really into A24 movies yeah. and wanted to Well, I mean, and then I think I, and then I think about how Robert Eagers, again, as this director, is just such an interesting director that before his movies even come out, people are interested. Yeah. I mean, as soon as this movie ended, he began talking about creating The Northman. Like he was gonna start working Wait, on the Northman. He made the Northman. Yeah, he made. Damn it! I need to watch that film. Um, <gasps> you haven't watched it. No, I want okay. to. I heard so many oh, good yeah, things. No, 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 no. This is not the Northman conversation. But, <laughs> but he he basically instantly announced it, and I remember I have this like distinct memory of, of showing Shannon the post and being like, "Oh my god, I want to see this movie," and I had n- no idea anything about it. I mm-hmm. just knew that Robert Eagers was making this Viking movie. Right. And so I think he he has that ability. He's like Ari Aster who made Hereditary and Midsummer, mm. and that like it doesn't at this point it doesn't really matter what he's making. I just am more interested if he's making it. You know, this just gave me a initial thought because as we're talking about you know directors who are up and coming who have been producing fantastic work like Robert Eagers. That's his last name, right? Eagers. Eagers, yeah, and. It just also reminds me of like a Denis Villeneuve, Villeneuve, or yeah, yes, he's another one that I'll just see his movies. Right, because there was this one point where I was checking out this post talking about some of the movies that he's made, like Blade Runner, uh, the sequel to the original Blade Runner, Dune, Arrival, and there's one other. We just yeah, 
he, he's made Arrival, he's made Prisoners, he's made Dune, he's made Enemy, Enemy. Yeah, he's yeah. made uh, Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, and it's interesting how some of these directors are getting their own, not just their style, but their own following, like Martin Scorsese from back in the day and all that stuff, so it's pretty cool seeing They're this like the new, I feel like yeah. these guys are like the new wave of the greats. Yeah. They're like your Scorsese's and... Um, and it's it, exciting. It's, it is. It's yeah. super exciting. And I think, well, really quick, we're talking about the directors. If you want to see a fucking crazy movie, watch. Uh, we sent this strange thing about the Johnsons by Ari Aster. It was his first Ooh. like short film. Mm. I think. I but actually, this, yeah. don't watch it because it's really fucked up. But God damn. You want to watch strange? Yeah. I. But as far as if the hype is deserved, um, I, I think so. Yeah. I. I. I I mean, obviously Shannon feels differently, but I really have always enjoyed this movie. The first time I watched it, I remember the polarizing opinions that Shannon and I had about it. I remember immediately finishing finishing it and being like, that, that was great. I really yeah. liked it. And she hated it. <laughs> and it seems like pretty clear that she still hates it. Yeah. But the no Definitely. change, like no change of like perspective. No. Like, and I mean, even the first time around, like there's things that I can appreciate about the movie. Like I think it's beautifully shot, like I've said before, but it's not my cup of tea. So, and and I can it's get just too cerebral. And I can and I can get behind a weird movie. This just didn't do it for me. So this could be a means of segue getting to the next question. Do you think this is a movie that the general audience would be able to digest effectively, or is this much no. more of a like yeah. a niche film that? Oh, yeah, yeah. it's one hundred percent a niche. Yeah. Although it is surprising, I have talked to a few people about this movie, um, and I'm surprised by how many people do like it. Hmm. It's actually kind of shocking, but I mean, is it not just kind of like a black and white homoerotic The Shining? What the fuck? <laughs> no. Wait. What? <laughs> what? You have it for like the first two points. Wait, what? Where no. did that go from? This is just a I don't dude agree going with that. crazy because he's isolated the whole time. He, there's an axe involved. He's trying to kill the person that he's with. Yeah. No. Definitely not. Um. I, I don't. don't know, right? I don't think this is a movie for everybody. Yeah. Um, I agree though. I think it is a very niche thing. Sure. I, I agree. It is it is a pretty artsy movie. Yeah. Like it is black and white, tiny aspect ratio. It's you know it's the dialect is difficult. It can be at least. It's there's not a lot of action or anything crazy. It's very mm -hmm. cerebral and abstract. I I I think it's tough for your average, probably your average movie consumer to to dive into and fully enjoy. Yeah, I mean it's a good opportunity to. If you're used to the more modern, mainstream, you know, type of movies, this is a good palate cleanser, I guess that's a good way to describe it, in mm -hmm. order to be able to see what the film industry can offer. In terms it's of it's a good different. way to dip your toes into kind of like almost art house movies. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It, I would, this is not the movie that I would dip your toes in for an artsy movie. What's, what's an artsy movie that you would dip your toes into? What would you recommend? If somebody is what so and I just I love this movie and it's a newer movie that came out. I think Men I disagree is a great artsy movie to kind of dip your toes in the sand because <laughs> have you seen it, Taylor? Not yet. Oh, I just think the me uh, yeah no I disagree. This, I disagree. Really? Yeah, I do. This is I just don't know too if Men much, is even I, I don't like. even think Men is an art house movie. 
What? Yeah, I think men is just very... You had one too many to drink. It's... it's <laughs> men is a good movie. I like men. Wait. But it can be explained away. Wait, like, wait. It, it can it, be... It can, but there's like very different meanings okay, behind this everything. this has to be taken to a different podcast about men or something. Yeah, but, next like, podcast yeah. we're doing men. All right, well, that's fair. No, there's no promises on that. There's promises. Schedule. No, but, there's not. But, but, <laughs> just my thought. Because uh, you were just talking about what art house movie would you yeah. consider as a dive in? Would you consider a The Lobster an art house movie and b yeah. a good one to dive into? Uh, you know, art house is I feel like a subjective term. True, but um, but but you know, like talking about weird, off the cuff, kind of abstract movies with not a lot of answers and just kind of like, yeah, I mean, The Lobster, perhaps. perhaps. Wait, actually, no. Being John Malkovich. To an extent, that could kind of work. I feel like that would be a better one to dip your toes in the right. sand. That actually is But like this is like, if you were to put... if, But yeah, may, maybe. But even... I don't know. This is like too tough of a question, honestly. Because <laughs> it's... It, I use the term art house lightly. Yeah. Because it's like... I think it is kind it, of hard it's, because it's, it is what, subjective. What I'm, what I'm more so talking about is like, this movie is is filmed differently. Yeah. It's right. shot in, in black and white. And it's it's shot with all these different methods. And it has a different dialect. And it doesn't have your straightforward story. And there's not answers. And like that's more what I'm kind of talking about when I say art house. It's like, it's very up to interpretation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's uh, sometimes almost more about the beauty of it than it is the direction and the answers of what's going on. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what more of, of what I'm saying. And there's movies that go even further than this, obviously. Sure. This is just kind of you're edging into the water of art house film. And in yeah. that way, I feel like this does create discussion. There is a story, mm-hmm. uh, albeit a crazy one, but there is something here. So if somebody is kind of bored with your average movies, they could watch The Lighthouse. If they were interested in kind of getting into the more cerebral, weird movies, uh, they could watch The Lighthouse, and it's a somewhat middle ground between the two two genre, you know, movies. With that being said, Oliver, what would you rate this movie? Should I be the first one to rate it? I mean, I think... Yeah, yeah. okay. So the the first time I watched it, I gave it four stars. Okay. Okay. Second time I watched it, I think I'd give it four and a half. Mm-hmm. I, I I was really struggling with five what, stars. What changed that, though? Um, I think watching it a second time, knowing what I was getting into exactly, knowing what to expect, n- now being able to just kind of take it as it is, mm-hmm. I got to get more out of it. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I, I struggled four and a half and five. I think it it's... It's as perfect as it's at it's as perfect at what it's trying to do as it could be, which makes me think it should be a five, but I think four and a half is where I'll stick with it. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Taylor? I'm actually in a similar boat, four and a half. And I think as you were explaining the differences between the movie going from a half point to being a five, the film executes what it's trying to do effectively as you noted. But for a film to actually transcend into that level five tier it has to do something that's either innovative or just completely masterful that just makes you go like holy shit yeah i need to rewatch this more and more because it's just that good of a film or a story it's almost like mythical to a degree yeah i i i 
I think that it, again, I think for what it's trying to do, it's as perfect as it could be. Right. Um, which makes me feel like it should be five stars. But I just think that because it is in itself kind of hard to access, it mm. needs to be four and a half for me. Fair enough. Yeah. How about you, Shannon? What do you think? Don't Honestly, I know. I'm not going to put like Don't how I, I, I would give it a two. Damn. Below average. Damn. But just, it just. <laughs> I don't think this movie is for everybody. And I think you guys can agree with that. And yeah. it just wasn't that for me. Honestly, as far as like enjoyability, probably would give it a zero. But yeah. if I really want to dive in and like look at what the movie is, mm-hmm. I do appreciate certain aspects of it. And. It it's, seems like you appreciate almost everything about it besides the story. From a yeah, sense, and yeah. so for that reason, I'm giving it a two. So for like a general filmgoer's perspective, a two out of five would be the standpoint because if you're not able to get into the story, it's a just mid a midpoint would be two and a half. That's like you went in and you just kind of felt neutral about the whole thing. But That's I don't like even really. I guess I don't know. I don't even really feel neutral. Like I don't you enjoy jump- the story. Yeah, no, no, I I'm don't not enjoy that at all. I'm just like for the, the only thing I, I like, if I'm just like looking at it is like <laughs> something that's beautifully shot and like that's about it. Yeah, yeah. That's all I got out of it, so I'm gonna give it a two for that. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I guess one of the last things that comes to mind is that from a horror movie slash suspense thriller, you know, genre type perspective, would Do you, you think could, this is horror? I think this definitely falls more into like suspense thriller aspect versus yeah. horror. I think yeah. it's 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 yeah more thriller. thriller. Yeah, but sometimes Ish. I think people like mix the two together because yeah. Okay. Would you consider this a necessity of a film to watch for those that are into suspense thriller slash horror films? No. Oh. Um. I don't. You know. I don't know. I. I. I it's. It's tough. I think that like if you're. I don't know. I don't know if I can Ooh. answer that. It, it's 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 really good, but it is so hard to to even say what genre this exists in solely. Really, like it, I feel like it's hard to say. Yeah, it is a thriller. Mm. I definitely that's what it is most. But it's hard for me to even like condense this movie into one anything. It's okay. like it's so a jack of all trades and so abstract and doing all these different things that it's tough for me to be like hot recommend this is a great thriller that you should watch like would you consider like a psychological thriller or no yeah i mean it's, yeah yeah i mean yeah. i guess i it to me it's more so I, an easy recommend for this is less someone that's looking for a genre specific movie and more someone that's like into different movies like into somebody that like ah, I'm, I'm just getting into you know i know we've spoken about it before not to be like you know basic bitch or whatever but like a24 or whatever like oh, i'm getting an a24 what's like a good kind of different a24 movie uh, yeah easy recommend check out the lighthouse like mm-hmm. it's a it's a great movie it's visually amazing performances are stunned like stunning everything is great check that out right. what about you do you think honestly i think for more of the modern day takes on, you know, the more psychological aspect of things, I think this would definitely be one of the ones to check out because it is definitely a shift from, you know, we had the classic slasher films of like the 70s and 80s and then 90s was 
honestly, to be fair, I'm not exactly entirely familiar with the 90s. There's more, There's more like teenage sla- slashers. Yeah. Scream was big in the 90s. Right, right. You know, if you're talking about horror movies. Exactly, exactly. And with this, on top of like Hereditary, and I need to check out Mother because I think that's in a similar boat, mm-hmm. like more psychological mm-hmm. aspect of things. The Lighthouse, not, you don't think so? Yes, it the is. Mother is oh. the yes. Mother, mother is even more abstract than this. Oh movie. yeah, sure. But I did like that movie. <laughs> yeah, and so that's why. I, well, that's and that's should. and that's why I think that Ooh. I really feel like the cryptic conversations and di- or oh, cryptic God. dialogue is what ruined uh, it for I, this I, movie. I, I, but anyways, we're getting yeah. off track. <laughs> I do think we should watch that movie at some <laughs> point. But with that being said, I think. If one wants to get an understanding of the current era of thriller movies and like just even like borderline horror, then this would be the film to like get that sense of like how things have been changing. Yeah, yeah, I've I've dropped the term before, but elevated horror yep. seems to be kind of like the the trend now. I hate that term, but that's kind of the trend, and mm-hmm. I think that this is a staple of air quotes elevated horror that people should check out. And with that, I think. We can close out from there. So, what's the drink count now? I think we're, we're both on, at two. I think we're all on. You guys are finally second. catching up. Finally, yeah, I know. I'm about to say, like, but I God. did have a glass of wine before, so. Ah! Okay, you know what? Because you picked Sorry. shitty cocktail hour seltzers. Oh my Ooh. god! Well. With that being said, <laughs> uh, this has been Cinema Hangover. This is Taylor, Shannon, and Oliver. All right, you guys, have a good one. Sign Peace off. later. Hey everyone, if you want more Cinema Hangover, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. We also post episodes on Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud. If you have any movie suggestions or questions, drop a comment on any of our social medias. Also, if you have any drink recommendations, be sure to let us know. And again, thank you for listening.